You are listening to Zen and the Art of Triathlon. Well, hey there, all you triathlon studs and studettes. This is Coach Brett with another great episode of Zen and the Art of Triathlon. Well, I'm outside. I'm at the College Station Airport getting ready to fly to San Diego for a short while. And it is hot and my flight is delayed. But here at the old College Station Airport, there's not much traffic. I'm literally standing in front of the airport and there is one car being unloaded. And uh, there's a few people inside. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> When I pulled up earlier to catch my flight, there was a lady outside smoking a cigarette and, uh, in front of the airport. And then when I walked in, she put her cigarette out and walked in uh, with me and then went and got behind the counter to uh, check me in. <laughs> so the one, the one person working the uh, ticket counter uh, also happened to be uh, outside smoking a cigarette because they only need the one. So oh, it's a good time. So on this episode, we have a really good training log full of lots of good stuff. And then also we have uh, some triathlon news and uh, no interviews uh, this time. Just it's been a crazy week. Lots of stuff going on. Got interviews being lined up with Rich Roll, which will be really cool. And uh, the CEO or CMO of Spin Lister, which is another great one. And then uh, lots of stuff going on with uh, the San Diego scene, which we'll catch up with. But this, this uh, training log's a, a real jewel, so you'll, you'll like it. But let's go ahead and get started with the triathlon news. Here we go. All right. We don't have Tawny helping us out with the news on this ep- episode because she's out gallivanting around the countryside, somewhere driving around East Jesus or something to go to Vine Man, which is this weekend. But... What we do have is old-style triathlon news with Brett, yours truly, and we've got a bunch of stuff to go over. Let me switch over on my, uh, my mega device over here, and we'll switch over to some news. Um, the first thing is uh, the Real Starkey Twitter account, and some other guys have joined in to start a GoFundMe project, which is like Kickstarter, to uh, pay more on top of the already the prize purse at Ironman Lake Placid because it doesn't pay crap compared to what uh, the athletes should be getting paid. Ironman is a $45 million a year brand and they don't pay 10 deep and uh, sixth place gets like $650 or something like that. And I forgot the exact amount, but it's, uh, it's a joke compared to the amount of effort and work and training that goes into uh, winning one of these races or even coming close to winning and the amount of money that Ironman makes as a brand. So these guys started a Kickstarter, Kickstarter well, fund, GoFundMe project to uh, raise it. And it's got some really funny donation comments and amounts and stuff. So... I went ahead and donated, and I suggest that you too. Here comes another car at the busy College Station Airport. And let me, uh, I'll post on zentrafon.com the, uh, the donation amounts. And let's see. 
have that. And oh man, there was a really good uh, article on Slow Twitch at, I think it was Arden in Frankfurt. The guy that won the 35 to 39 age group is a former uh, cyclist, pro cyclist, that got busted for doping for EPO, I think. And uh, we've got a problem in uh, triathlon where uh, ex-dopers quit doing um, cycling and then they come to our sport because it's such a large cycling component and then they start winning the uh, either the overall or the age group uh, categories and then those of us that have never doped and never gotten all the benefit of doping don't have to race against these things and I know personally my opinion is I signed up in triathlon to try to get to Kona someday uh, racing against other humans not other cyborgs and, and whatever um, enhancements have been made to these guys and girls um, and there is a strong uh, community presence in triathlon that is anti uh, ex-dopers in the sport and we want to get these people not they don't have to never do a triathlon but we want to make them not eligible for prizes not eligible for Kona um, and the the uh, theory behind this, well, the fact is behind this, is once you've doped, um, you've gotten in really enhanced training and enhanced rewards, enhanced coaching, enhanced payment, enhanced success. You are no longer the same person you would have been um, had you never have doped. And, and uh, physio physiologically and monetarily and ec economically, same thing, um, you... Um, have changed yourself and for the rest of for the rest of your career um, you are enhanced and uh, people that have never done that uh, shouldn't have to compete against you so what we're talking about is a um, a flag on your name that if you're racing at an Ironman for example and you um, there's podium places or there's Kona slots and you you get one but if you're a former busted doper you're not eligible anymore you know you can still be in the sport you can exercise all you want but um, if you're in front of me or anybody else that should have got should have gotten a Kona slot you're no longer eligible you know and uh, you can still make a, a I've never made it to Kona and I'm making um, a job out of coaching people and, and uh, doing a podcast all about triathlon. It won't stop you from, from being in triathlon and being a success. It'll just stop you from, from uh, keeping other people that have lived their lives, honestly, from uh, being able to get to where they want to go. Okay, so there's that. And then another big thing is Sunto introduced a preview of the Ambit 3. It's on dcrainmaker.com. His website and it is one hell of a watch um, it's a uh, Bluetooth capable and so what that means it's a smartwatch so actually your your phone screen can double as the screen as your watch so you could put your phone on your stem of your bike you know and have all these readouts going off that are coming off of the watch so you've just made a huge bike computer out of your phone um, it'll, this one's rad, it'll record heart rate while you're swimming, which is really freaking cool. Um, it won't transmit heart rates 
newer heart rate technology will not transmit underwater. Water blocks it, the frequency. So what it does is it stores your heart rate for a while, and then when it gets the next clear signal to your watch, it'll burst the uh, data to your watch. And there's a, a video of this going on on uh, DC Rainmaker, and that's a that's a big deal, really big deal. Nobody else is doing that. Um, they're doing something where you can embed your if you take videos or photos on your phone um, during your workout, it'll embed it in your workout log, which is pretty cool, and then do like a fly-through. And then, uh, let's see, what else does it do? Um, oh, it's got an activity tracker built in. And what this does is um, uh, like a Fitbit built in, and it'll combine it with your workouts and it uploads the whole thing into your training log online. It's called movescount.com. And that's a really, really cool thing um, because it's like, why well, have this badass watch and a uh, activity tracker to make sure you walked enough steps? This thing will just do it anyway. Um, it'll do automatic upload of your workouts um, to, the, to the internet after you're done. And I'm trying to think what other things that it does. Um, one thing that's interesting is that um, it doesn't pick up any ant sensors. So if you got an ant heart rate, if you buy this watch, it comes with its own heart rate strap, like Bluetooth. So it does Bluetooth only. So if you've got an ant power, power meter, um, it, won't, it won't work with ant. So you have to have a Bluetooth power meter, uh, Bluetooth heart rate strap. Um, I'm trying to think what else would be Bluetooth. Anyway, um, so I looked into it, my power meter, is a power tap power meter, which is in the wheel. And um, there's actually for a hundred and something bucks, I can upgrade it to uh, Bluetooth. So that'll work for me. And then um, I'm trying to think whatever else. A lot of new power meters, like Stages is a really common power meter now. And they're one of the cheaper ones and they work really well. And they have a Bluetooth option in there as well. It'll broadcast both Ant and Bluetooth. So um, the watch isn't set to hit the market until like September or something like that. So there's still time for them to make some changes or kind of feel things out if they want to change anything. So that's cool. Um, I think somebody's riding a moped up to the airport. <laughs> okay, so there's that. And um, oh, well, I forgot in the other story. There's this, this uh, with the whole doping thing. I didn't really have a point, did I? The whole point was Slow Twitch did an article about this, about a guy that got beat. He got second or third. And on the, on the awards ceremony stage, he's holding his, his award. And he went back to his hotel room and on his shirt, he wrote, Dopers suck on his shirt. And then got up on the stage. This photo just hit the press. And it's like, holy crap. So then on Slow Twitch, um, well, the other guy, the, the ex-doper, is, uh, you know, holding his first place uh, thing. And, of course, he uh, got crushed on the bike, right? That's where this doper guy, like, just outright just killed it. So, let me see. I'm going to try to get away from this car here so I can talk. So, hold on, hold on. This is how you get a podcast done, dude. When you got to get crap done, you got to get it done. Um, so... There's somebody on Slow Twitch, I forgot his name, that has an N at WTC, which is the, the company that owns Iron Man, that is going to put forth this, um, this he's going to use that photo and like all, everybody that's pissed that these dopers keep coming to triathlon and winning all this stuff, 
uh, or trying to win all this stuff and taking it away from honest people and not make triathlon a haven for ex-cycling dopers to come and uh, win uh, prizes and Kona slots. And uh, we'll see what happens with that. It's a big thread on Slow Twitch. It's pretty cool. Um, this guy knows some people at WTC and he was going to propose, you know, the asterisk, you know, not eligible for prizes because of a former doping conviction. Okay. Then uh, there's a couple other interesting news stories. Um, Google came out and said we should not be working 40 hours a week anymore. <laughs> um, that we're so efficient with computerized stuff that, uh, you know, like more like a 20-hour week or 30-hour week of working uh, works fine, uh, especially with the people they employ. So I thought that was a really interesting story. I posted that. And, uh, boy, there were some angry comments on that. Coach Adam was all like, who works a 40-hour week? I work a freaking 60- to 80-hour week. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, dude, you're working wrong, man. <laughs> but anyway, um, it's, not, it's not even like we pick the jobs that we, that we do. It's kind of like they just happen to us, you know. So if you got one that works that much, try to get out of it is all I could say. But it's not your fault. And I'm not saying that, it, that I'm any better, you know, because I work 40. I'm just saying... Um, I used to work a 60-hour work week, and it about killed me, man. So, anyway, the uh, I think it depends on your personality, where you are in life, and how hard you want to work, you know. Um, then, let's see if there's... Oh, yeah, there was, a, uh, there was a study that showed... This is a Zen kind of thing. That showed that um, people would rather get shocked than actually be alone with their thoughts. So they took people and shocked them, let them shock themselves, and uh, said, uh, okay, uh, this is what it feels like to get shocked by this machine. So you can either sit here and do nothing, or um, if you want to do anything, the only thing you can do is shock yourself. And they people picked shocking themselves rather than be alone with their thoughts which is pretty funny because from a, a zen point of view lots of people uh, spend um, a lot of money to go to places retreats where nothing's going on and they can sit there and be with by themselves right and and kind of uh, it's like a meditation retreat so People, I, and that's what I actively do. I wake up in the morning and I try to take 10 minutes to not do anything and see what thoughts pop up because that'll tell me what I kind of need to do today. And I think over time you can learn to treasure that time. But it seems like in general the, uh, the American population isn't quite there yet. When they are uh, not given anything to do. I think it depends on how worn out you are in life. If I'm given nothing to do, man, I love it. I'll just lay there with my head against, you know, lean against a wall and just lay there and just think about nothing and relax for a minute. And uh, there's a lot of people who um, apparently that freaks them out. But uh, maybe it has something to do, um, the study wasn't, really zen related of any kinds but the um the thesis was hypothesis is uh people are addicted now to needing to do stuff you know with the internet addiction and 
checking Facebook constantly and stuff. So you take away anything to do, and they would rather shock themselves with a painful, it would, with a painful shock than do nothing at all. Because at least the painful shock is something, right? And that is, um, they know this because they took they they gave the shock to people, and some people said it hurt, and some people said it didn't, and they said okay. If you didn't think it hurt, then you're out of this uh, study. We need people who thinks this actually hurts. <laughs> okay, you're in. Okay, now, you think this hurts? Okay, you can either hurt yourself or do nothing. And they, People chose to hurt themselves. So that's pretty freaking good. Um, Tawny will probably be back on the next episode with the news when she uh, quits cruising around uh, Northern California in the wineries and doing uh, Vine Man. Let's see if I have anything else. Oh, uh, Iron Man introduced a full uh, refund program, which is insurance, basically. So do you want Iron Man insurance, which is another way to make money, right? So they, so they uh, charge just enough. It's like 60 or $90 or something like that. And um, if you buy the insurance, then if anything happens to your race, then, um, then uh, like you can't do it because you got injured or something like that. They don't care. Then you get your whole race... Uh, you get everything back, well, except for your 90 bucks, maybe. And, um, well, maybe you get that back. I don't know. I didn't really see it. When they posted it, the links were broken. They had to reissue that email. So maybe there's an email insurance. But anyway, um, uh, insurance is, a, uh, is just a game of odds. And so they calculate out, you know, how, how, can they, how much does it actually take and what is, what is the risk and what are the odds of somebody actually dropping out and then uh, charge just a little bit more than that, and then uh, they make money off of it. So, um, again, WTC, the owning company for Iron Man, is a publicly held company, and they are raking the Iron Man brand through the coals, trying to make us maximize profit, maximize profit, because that's what a publicly held company does. So, if you don't like it, get your buddies together and buy back the company, I guess. I think it's starting to happen <laughs> with this... Uh, Iron Man Lake Placid uh, uh, payout fund fee. Anyway, so that's it for right now. Uh, let's get done with the news, and we'll pick up with more here in just a second. All right, we are back. We're in the Houston airport now. <laughs> it's a 30-minute flight the wrong way from uh, College Station. And uh, i got to turn around and now fly the other way to uh, San Diego. Well, Phoenix and then San Diego. Anyway, uh, we need to do a little bit of, of uh, sponsor stuff and, and uh, donation stuff before we move on to the training log. And I just remembered the training log. Uh, we go to Tennessee, man, and surprise Kai. We drive halfway across the country and surprise Kai that we um, pull up in the driveway of the lake house. And then at the lake house... I um, go for a, uh, a size one to an island and back. My brother's there. And I'm trying to think what else. Uh, Kai and Emily and my mom. And, like, it's freaking great. It, it, we do Fourth of July stuff. It's really a great training log. So the car ride with Emily is pretty funny. She goes off on a tangent about being the self-sustaining woman. And she doesn't need my help pumping her gas, which is where the title of this show comes from. <laughs> it's really good. Okay. But anyway... Let's see. I did find a place kind of by myself, but I got people kind of hovering around a little bit, so I'm going to talk kind of quiet. And we call this a whisper-sode episode. Um, 
first off, we got a nice donation from, I think it's Melissa Boudot. Let me make sure. Yeah, Melissa Boudot. And also, I want to give a shout out to some sponsors. Um, we have uh, amritahealthfoods.com. And you go to their website and use discount code. Let me, let me pull up, make sure I got it right. Zen, all capital letters, Z-E-N. And you get 15% off of Amrita bars, which I have a bunch of them with me on my trip. Super portable, super healthy. Uh, no nut allergies in them. Uh, no nuts in them. So if you got nut allergies, they're seed-based instead of nuts for the fat and protein. It's pretty cool. And then... Uh, let's see, TrainerView is a um, big-time uh, training website. Uh, use discount code ZENTRY. Uh, I think uh, all caps or not, I don't think it really matters. And then uh, get you 10 bucks off for the year. And it's super cool. Uh, way to train on an iPad in front of you. And you map out your own course. And there's courses pre-made for different Ironmans and bike rides and whatever. But you can... Uh, you can train right through the middle of uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, if you want to, or uh, San Francisco. You can ride across the Golden Gate Bridge on this thing. At any place you draw a map on it, it generates instantly into a uh, into a video-ish. It's uh, street scene shots that are stitched together. And as you move forward, it moves forward, and you can pick how fast you want to go and all that. It's super freaking cool. And uh, Sunto is a longtime sponsor of the show. So um, super amped to be working with them. Get lots of questions from uh, people wanting to try out Sunto. We'll probably get a lot more with the new Ambit 3 coming out. So that's super cool. And uh, Sufferfest, 10% discount code with discount code ZTSuffers. I need to get in touch with them. I owe them an email. And Compete Hub is your destination to find races and other people doing those races across the country. We did an interview with him, uh, the CEO of Compete Hub, a few episodes ago, and he's uh, super cool, and I'm glad to be working with him. It looks like a really cool product. Oh, and you can get uh, Hornet Juice on the right side of the website, and uh, it's a protein amino acid mix that helps you metabolize body fat a little bit better so that a lot better so that you can uh, run on a little bit less fuel and burn more body fat and it gives you just like this nice slow burn of just solid energy i use it all the freaking time and it really does work and let's see oh it's uh made from japanese killer hornet saliva swear to god (laughs) so you got to try it out just for the novelty of it and then when it does work then you're like, man, I got to get some more. So I sell it in like a five pack, 10 pack, uh, 20 pack, I think like a 30 pack, something like that. And uh, I'm filling orders all the time. And if you order it, um, not only do you get it, but but the show gets a little bit of money. And then um, I send you a personal email asking how you're doing. It's a great opportunity for you to um, ask me a question about like some kind of training aspect or fueling aspect. I'm here to help, you know, and I love talking to people, obviously. So... Um, it's a cool way to get an email from me and also to get some cool postage from New Zealand. The stamps are really freaking cool. Okay, and then uh, let's see. Oh, on the left side of the page, you can set up donations to the show. You can donate one time. Um, and if you donate once, uh, it pops up a message box. You send me an email 
well, you type in a message in there, and that'll uh, I'll read your question on the show and answer it on the show, which is super cool. You can just give a shout out, and I can read that too. And then, uh, or you can set up a recurring donation, which is uh, less than four bucks a month, which is like a dollar a show. I put about four shows out a month, and uh, it's definitely something you want to do if you feel like you've gotten uh, training knowledge or life knowledge from this show that you want to. Um, pay back the show a little bit and uh, keep the show on the air if you feel like you've gotten some sort of value out of the show that's a really easy way to pay back and a very minimal amount because the show reaches so many people that little amount that, that you donate um, it's you but with you know hundreds of other people potentially uh, the bigger the show gets and then it makes the show so much easier to make and uh, it makes me just love doing it so it's validation that the show is kicking ass. So I really do appreciate that stuff. A lot of that money goes in the Kai's College Fund, by the way. Okay, that's it for the sponsors and the news. Like I said, the uh, training log section that's next, Emily goes off about pumping her own gas. <laughs> it's really funny. My chest is hurt right now. I'm trying not to laugh too hard about it. Um, it's just a really good time, and uh, I wrap it up the end of the show I'm, I'm hanging out outside outside the men's bathroom at the uh, college station airport so uh, it's uh, the full round robin all the way around the beginning to end it's a trip man. so that's it um, let's do the training log and then see you on the other side yeah hey there everybody welcome to a new training log July 3rd it's Thursday morning. I'm driving to W to the ERK, as they say in German, eh? And <laughs> to the factory, <laughs> the sweat factory. And um, today we're going to drive, this evening we're going to start driving to uh, Tennessee, East Tennessee. So I figured I'd start a new training log to document the experience. It's a blast. I haven't been there in quite a few years. Um, but anyway, uh, training-wise... What I did was, uh, leading up to this, I've uh, really increased the intensity so that, hold on, I'm trying to accelerate to get ahead of some people. I really increased the intensity so that um, during the, the day's driving, um, I can uh, be recovering from working out and not be like, man, I wish I was working out. But I can't because I'm in the car for, you know, I'm not going to be able to bike for like four days. Oh, man. And then I'm going to San Diego and I won't be able to bike there either. Okay, this is an issue. I need to figure something out. But anyway, I'm, uh, that is it. That's a big issue. Holy crap. I just realized that. I'm tr- the problem is I'm trying to build my uh, bike power. I'm really focusing on that. And, um, yeah, this, this is kind of messed up. I'm going to have to str- strategize what I'm doing and anyways I've done like three days in a row of um, lower body so biking or running interval work uh, to really uh, you know work work the legs pretty good so um, so the whole time that I'm not gonna be able to do much I'm uh, my legs are recovering so it coincides and um, the reason I wanted to mention that is because a smart way to train is to look at, it's kind of like a, it's a, it's a, um, 
it's a moving target, but you can get really, really smart on how to train based on your schedule and life. So let's say you got like a three-day weekend coming up with the family and you are not going to be able to, uh, to train much for your racing. So what do you do? Well, leading up to that race, increase, leading up to that weekend, increase the intensity so that right before your, la- your last workout, right before you can't work out for a while, you're pretty much cooked, right? And you need like that three days to um, recover from that. And uh, it's just like if you did a race, right? If you went hard enough, you would need a lot of recovery, right? Before you started training again. So basically, you almost race um, right before your time off. So it was really cool was as I was building up, I was doing intervals and long sustained periods of, uh, of medium hard, you know? And then this morning, I could tell... Well, starting last night, I was on a bike ride. And uh, I was like, ooh, this is getting kind of hard, man. And then this morning, on my run, I was like, oh, ah, God. You know, the the workouts were still good performance. But I was also kind of done, you know. I'm like, it's just not going to work out all that well. Uh, I can't do this anymore. If I was... uh, Even if I wasn't going anywhere... Um, I would need to take off a couple days from the intensity at least. And that's perfect. That's exactly what you're looking for. And then also, I haven't increased my calories and I haven't decreased my fat intake, but I have increased my simple carbs and also the amount of carbs while training. And um, um, it seems like that uh, has really improved my uh, energy and my um, endurance. It seems like it was something that I needed, that I was going too low on uh, carbs, and especially simple carbs, uh, right at, during and after training. And uh, something that's really crazy is I'm, I'm uh, it's really, really hot here in Texas, like 95 to 100 degrees, 100 plus, you know, almost every day and humid, man. And so you can uh, just imagine, you know, how hot you are when you finish a workout. I'm still sweating right now, and I finished working out exactly an hour ago, and I'm still kind of lightly sweating from the heat. But um, actually, I just, yeah, pretty good. So my point is, uh, my secret weapon seems to be ice cream, man. When I finish a workout, all you vegans are going to be like, oh. But when I... uh, when I finish a workout, uh, sit down with a uh, small to medium-sized bowl of ice cream with a little bit of Hershey's chocolate syrup, which is really just high fructose corn syrup. Blech. But anyway, I'd rather just have chocolate ice cream, but Emily keeps buying this vanilla, and I like chocolate, so I'm putting chocolate on it. I need to tell her, just get some freaking chocolate. And um, you don't have to use r- real ice cream. You could use, man, one of my favorites is coconut ice cream, man. Holy crap, that stuff is good. Um, and that's, uh, I think that's vegan friendly and what is it called? I can't remember the name of it. It's so good. But anyway, um, a bowl of ice cream, uh, you know, this whole thing where they're like, uh, got chocolate milk and, you know, Starkey and everything, all of them are making fun of it and stuff. Well, actually it does work. Chocolate milk post-workout is actually a really good recovery, um, 
uh, agent. And the, um, the thing is, is there's stuff that you can eat while working out and immediately after working out, immediately before working out, that you shouldn't eat any other time, really. And um, your body reacts to it totally different under workout conditions. And, you know, it's, that's fine. So what I've noticed is eating the ice cream um, right after working out is, man, I recover fast. That, basically, what I'm saying is chocolate milk is the same thing. It's basically ice cream. It's just colder um, or warmer. But the, um, man, I recover really, really fast. I've noticed that doing the um, doing intervals day after day, I seem to be able to uh, do them faster and better because I guess the... Um, the calories and the protein, I guess. I mean, I know everybody knows this, and the um, the sugar and everything helps repair your muscles and replenish um, glycogen to your muscles, so they get happier and healthier quicker. If you eat right after uh, this kind of after working out hard, and but then the thing is, is when you you know, let's say, so I read somewhere somebody's method is however many hours you worked out hard or, well, whatever, then that many hours afterwards, you can eat kind of crappy carbs uh, to follow up, to replenish. Um, So if you did a three-hour ride, then you have a three-hour window where you allow yourself to eat, um, you know, more easily digestible, simple stuff, and that's okay. Um, And then when that window is over, then you need to eat healthy. So, for example... I had my bowl of ice cream, sure, but then um, this morning I got some chicken and almonds and uh, an Amrito bar and green tea powder, matcha powder. It's got a little bit of green fiber in it, stuff like that. You know what I mean. All right, I got to go into WTRK. I got a meeting. Out, bang. All right, we are now in the Zentri Mobile Studios. We've only had to... We're on our way to Tennessee. We've only had to turn around once already. For what, babe? What do we need? I forgot my shampoo. Turn into the microphone. I forgot my shampoo. And so, conditioner. And conditioner. And a razor. And a razor. So what are we doing? We are going to Tennessee to surprise Kai because he's been gone almost a week. And Mommy couldn't handle it. And I really wanted to go to the lake house, too. We were supposed to go, but um, we didn't think we could take off time from work, so we're having to go after we get off work today. When, when I told my big boss that we were driving all the way to East Tennessee and back over the weekend, you should have seen the look he gave me. Oh, yeah, everybody's gave me the same look. So just letting you know, if things go horribly wrong. Yes, but it gives us lots of road trip time together that we haven't had in a long time so we can talk. Did, did you see what I added to your list? Yes, I did. It's not worth repeating. Anyway. Emily left a list out of to-do things, and I I felt the liberty to add a few things. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so we're very excited about getting there. So we'll get two nights with him and a day and a half, and then we'll drive all the way home on Sunday. So my plan is I'm going to, we're going to pull up to the lake house, and then when Kai comes running up to the car, like, what in the world are y'all doing here? Um, I'm going to hold out some goggles and go, you forgot your goggles. That'll be pretty cool. Yeah, that is gonna be very cool. Yeah, and our nephew's there, Hudson, and my brother, and 
right now I'm trying to get my mom to secure a canoe or something so that um, we can swim to the island and uh, safely with a canoe would be nice instead of a ski boat you know just idling with all that burning all that gas and stuff like that a canoe would be much cooler and uh, let's see we got to drive 13 hours through Nacogdoches where the best forward from uh, from the U.S. Olympic U.S. Olympic U.S. Uh, soccer team World Cup was from who was that again? I forgot I his name being yeah, he's from Texas, Nacogdoches. The forward that scores a lot, that has um, tattoos down one arm or something. Skinny guy. They're all skinny and a lot of them have tattoos. Yeah, okay. We're not ar- this is not an argue cast, baby. This is a trip of love. Yes, it is. How much I had to really convince you to go, too, because you didn't want to go. And you realized how much it meant to me. And you wanted to see your child, right? Yeah, I guess yeah, so. Okay. Oh, they ripped out that entire sidewalk. That's nice. Anyway, uh, we got to stop and get gas and some food. We tried to pack a whole bunch of really healthy food. We'll see how that goes. And we're gonna drive all night. So at 3 a.m., we're gonna take update on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna take turns driving, and we're gonna do like ultra running, and take naps when needed, and let the other person drive. Right, and um. This will be my first huge road trip with uh, using Google Maps on the phone um, with a route where it's telling us the whole way. Yeah. We went to Colorado with that. We didn't drive. Yeah, we did. When we went to Boulder. We drove. Oh, yeah, with Google with, Maps on the yeah, phone. We stayed with um, Roman. Yeah. I don't know if I had an iPhone yet. What? I don't think I had an iPhone yet. Yes, you did. Oh, wait, stop. Okay, this is anyway. a great... Anyway, Podcast. I'm pretty sure that we've used Google Maps several times. And maybe you and I can go to my brother in the swimming, open water swimming some. Y'all can swim together out to the island and me and Hudson and Kyle be in the canoe. I want you to swim. I didn't bring stuff to swim. I brought a regular swimsuit. I wasn't I got extra goggles. <laughs> okay, hopefully I'll stay well, on. Because it'll make Mike want to swim. If freaking Emily and Kai are swimming out to this island, then, then he'll be like, oh my God, I should totally be doing this. I swam out there before. Yeah, but it's different when you do it right there in front of them. That'd be pretty rad. It's only a mile, right? Was it a mile? I would swim since October, so that'll be fun. Oh, I'll swim yeah, maybe you shouldn't swim. I'll swim some, maybe. I mean, and I just have my... Let's get an update. Uh, you've been uh, training on your little bicicleta? Yeah, watching Orange is the New Black. Uh, I come, I'm, I'm out in the Texas heat riding on the side of the freeway. Mm-hmm. It's 100 degrees outside, uh, crosswinds at... At, uh, and headwinds at like 20-something miles an hour, pouring in sweat, grinding up hills, getting hit with bugs, cars honking at me. Some guy tried to uh, chop my legs off with a machete, like all kinds of crap. I'm out there in the heat fighting for my life, and I come back in from a bike ride, and there's Emily on the trainer watching Orange is the New Black on the on the uh, iPad. But I was also following you on your with little... The little fan that pressed, pressed on her. I was following you on your map. So then, uh, um, yeah, Emily follows me with the road ID app. And then, uh, um, then I go, so Emily, like, did you, it was really hilly and hot. What, what kind of intervals did you do? And you go, none. None. I was just riding for fun. No, just riding for fun. My My program. Watching your grums. (laughs) Your programs. That's me. Hey, there's your boss on the side of a van. Is that Fleener? That's somebody else. 
Anyway, the um, the uh, blood bank. Um, but what's your big event coming up, and how's your training going? Okay, let's. I'm not. It's not a big event. It's just something I'm doing for fun, and maybe you and Kai are gonna do it too. It's um, another small ride for diabetes that's in Austin, and you can ride any for anywhere from 20 to 100 miles. And one of my our friends that was also a former patient at the cancer clinic, um, she asked if I wanted to do it. So we're, we're doing that. That's in September. But Kai wanted to do it too, and, and you too, but except you want to race it, and I don't know if I would rather you ride with I don't me. know if I want to race it. I was just asking. I'm being silly. Yeah, no, you're not. Well, I want to get a workout out of it, you know. You'll be okay. You'll be all right. Anyway, so that's coming up. And other than that, I mean, I don't have any. We might do the family a family triathlon in September together, the one in Ocarina Springs sprint and then uh i want to do a trail run in the fall that's it all right we got to pump gas out we'll check in later whoa whoa wait a minute what just happened here i the road trip event number one i started getting out of the car to pump the gas and emily goes what are you doing i thought you're going in for something and And, uh i go i'm gonna pump the gas and you go i pump my own gas i pump my own gas okay but since when have you pumped my gas for me in Uh, 20 years the other night my gas okay anyway but then what? you told me just to sit here and look pretty. Is that what you just freaking said? That's what you would have told me. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm closing on. You let me ride my bike, my wife? Yeah. That may change if you get too smarty pants. Okay. okay. So there was this Facebook post. Well, when I tweet, I've got it set to uh, also post to Facebook. I'm hardly ever on Facebook. And, uh, um, and there's this cool shirt. That's in big print. It says, "I love my wife," and then in fine print, it adds, um, I, "I love it when my wife tells me uh, to go ride my bike." And so then Emily favorited this picture, and then in the on on Facebook, and then in the comments, I said, "You commented." Oh, it said, "Let's let's me go ride my bike," you and I wrote, "I thought it said tells," and then I I actually can't decide which one's worse, and then. And then I go, let's, like, you let me go ride my bike for real. And then you said, yeah. And then in the, while we were, we were in this, we were in the same room. People got to go see this, (laughs) these Facebook comments. We were in the living room on opposite couches, uh, commenting back and forth to each other. I would comment and then it would ding on her computer and then she would on her laptop and then she would, um, write back and it would ding back. And, uh, I take... I take offense at, at it saying that my wife lets me ride my bike. You want me to sit here and look pretty while you pump the gas and you let me ride my bike? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is what it's come to, guys. Oh, man. Except she's really hot, so it's okay. <laughs> All right, out. Okay, now I'm back. Emily just got back in the car and told me that because of the wind tunnel testing where the guy, uh, you're faster, they proved with shaved legs, you said, I'm going to... What, what is it? I just commented that you t- mentioned this morning that you were going to start shaving your legs, and was that okay? Because you think it'll make you faster, and they've proven it. In the I just want to see what you thought. I don't need you. I don't Why need your that? okay. Just like I don't need your pumping my gas. You need me to pump your yeah, gas. Whatever. Anyway, so and then I said that's fine. That's I need to sit here and look pretty, just like a guy with shaved legs. And we can see your muscles better on your legs. They'll be all glistening. Okay, I'm getting out to take. So a I'll ooze oil just no. spontaneously and be no, glistening. Oh, when I sweat. Oh my god.
I don't, I don't want to turn off the mic because when she gets back in the car, she's going to say something else outrageous. Let's see what happens next. Are you done yet? <laughs> Am I done you yet? I haven't even left town. Am I allowed to be done? Are you going to let me be done? We'll continue this conversation at 3 a.m. <laughs> okay. See how right. well we get along then. But you are cool. I, I wanted to know your opinion on me shaving my legs. Because some girls like guys with shaved legs and some girls don't, right? Some some women are like, don't don't shave your freaking legs. I'll divorce you if you shave your legs, right? And then That's gonna be and then some women are turned on by it, right? Some women are like, ooh, I get to see his leg muscles. And I like it. You think it's sexy? Yeah, because the only people, men that shave their legs are usually athletes, so... That's, yeah. I, I can't. So it means I, I have a strong, I have a strong core. I'm going this way, correct? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes, bang. You don't you want me to pump your gas, core. but you need to tell me which way we're going. Just making sure we're going the right way. Okay. You your seatbelt on. Well, I don't know. Are we stopping at Wadaberry? Are we? I, I need a burger or something. Are we in that line? There's not a line. Plus, there's firefighters there. I probably know. Them. Is that what you want? Yeah. We'll get a salad. Okay. All right, okay. I've been told to get off the thing. <laughs> you gonna let me stop recording? Yes, please. Okay, bye. All right, we are on day two of our road trip, baby. How like how much sexy time was it last night sleeping in the Xterra with me? X the sex the sex Terra. The sex Terra at the truck stop. Yeah. Great. It's pretty rad, huh? Yeah. So where are we now? Somewhere in Mississippi. We're on the border of Mississippi and Alabama on I-20. And we are in the deep, deep, deep south. Where Krispy Kreme is from, as you know. That ain't right. Right now. Yeah, we're the rapper. If you don't know who Krispy Kreme is, <laughs> Google or YouTube, his, his YouTube videos, Krispy Kreme, what was it? Ah. Am the baddest of them all. That's really funny. Go check it out. So uh, we drove through some horrendous rain last night for quite a while, and then we drove through the part of Louisiana where there's actually bears, and there's free, uh, signs on the freeway that say uh, "Watch out for bears crossing." And I swear I saw one, two actually, and uh, then uh, finally we decided not to get a hotel room anywhere. And then pulled over into a um, just a truck stop and slept behind a gas station. Slept in the car. We're classy like that. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it was classy. classy. Well, we had blankets and pillows. Yeah, I always didn't sleep too close to the dumpster. You know, yeah. keep it classy. What are you looking at, Dave? Uh, Emily's getting into a fight with somebody next to us. Well, he's staring at us for some reason. Oh, he's got a 50k Ultra Runner sticker on the back of his car. Oh, that's why. Hey, man, this guy might actually listen to this show. If you're driving a seep, a seep, a silver Jeep, uh, Grand Cherokee or Cherokee, whatever it is, with a 50k sticker on the back left, we just Emily just snarled at you. Said, hey! After he saw your stickers on the back, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Check out who was driving. He was like, well, he he's like, which one of those two is the Iron Man bazillion 140? I'm just the half. Point six. You're, you're the whole Iron Man. Someday you'll be a real triathlete. So we got about a, <laughs> that's her joke, and then uh, we got uh, about five hours until we until we get there, and it's actually kind of cool outside. Yeah, it's weird. And you listened to 
some something that I'm listening to all the time. I'm always trying to get Emily to listen to like triathlon and ultra running podcasts and all this Every stuff. Time but we're in a long car ride, I do. Yes. But no, but you don't listen to it like as a thing. It's, so anyway, Emily was riveted with this for a while. With this interview with Sally McCray, who got tenth or ninth at um, at Western States One Hundred, and it's this long interview on um, yeah, the interviewer hardly talked at all. Uh, trail running, trail runner nation, or something like that, and uh, you really get into the mindset of one of these hyperactive. <laughs> One of these people that that could do an ultra run and declare it, you know, my style of running an ultra yeah. run is this, that, and the other. And Emily and I were laughing like, my style of ultra running is just trying to not die. Yeah. Yeah. And um, more power to her. I mean, she she was all into it. That's great. Yeah, it's a trip, man, to listen to this interview. So, um, and Emily kept turning to me, going, "What did she say? Did she say that?" I'm like, "I don't know. I haven't listened to it." And you kept interrupting me, going, "What is she saying? What did it?" But anyway, um, over over the years, interviewing all the all the people that have done ultra long events and doing some of it myself, um, but mostly just listening to tips and stuff, uh, the strategies on sleep and the things I've learned about sleep deprivation and sleep management, and uh, it was actually really helpful last night with driving. Um, I drove. And then we were talking about pulling over and resting because it was Emily was done. She was like, "I'm done," and I'm like, "Well, I can still drive." So I just kept well, on driving. It was done at midnight, and I wanted to know if you wanted to keep going. Yeah, and so I was like, oh, I think I can keep going." And so I, I drove, and then the, um, and then the moment I felt tired, I, uh, I pulled over. I mean, I found a place within a few minutes. Pulled over and. Uh, and you know, I said, "Hey, let's let's go to sleep for good." And then we woke up at like four thirty, and we went in to, to use the restroom in the truck stop. Remember? Yeah. And those two old guys were sitting there drinking coffee. Yeah. So it, and then we bas- went back. And basically, what you do is you learn. My whole point is is you learn to read your body signals, and then you learn what you can kind of push through. And then there's other things that you should not push through. And one is trying to drive while being sleepy. That is both. Oh, there was an 18-wheeler wreck that you missed last night, Emily. That had just happened on the other side of the freeway. And um, the uh, um, when you're getting tired and sleepy, that's your brain signaling you that it's getting full of toxic crap from processing thoughts all day and signals. And uh, when, what I've learned recently is uh, when you sleep, what it's what you're doing is actually process. Oh, this is beautiful, baby! Look at that view, and this is uh, it's processing all that stuff out. It's it's like flushing the handle on the toilet <laughs> whenever you take whenever you go to sleep, and that's why uh, sleep deprivation will actually kill you because your brain gets overloaded with uh, toxic crap. And so um, these interview, I was thinking about these interviews I did with William Seichel um, a while back. Where, yeah, like six days of running and stuff. And he's like, oh, this is what I do. You know, lots of sleep breaks, little tiny sleep breaks. And then you can keep running, you know. And so, you know, if you need to pee, wait, you know, wait until it's an optimal time and then pee. But don't hold it too long because you'll freaking bruise your bladder or something. Nice I'm sure Emily knows. Yeah, that's a rest stop. That's, this is the border to Bama. 
and then um, uh, when you need to sleep, consider you know sleeping now and getting a sh- at least a short nap in to help flush that brain out, and then you'll feel better when you wake up, right? Yeah, and then, like, so we went back to sleep after we went to the bathroom at 4.30, and then I, like, popped awake at 6, and I was like, let's go. Yeah. 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 And then you slept a little bit more, and we just stopped. So Emily said she noticed a town on the drive. I didn't see it. Called Chunky. First I saw chunk the Chunky. First I saw a sign that said Chunky. <laughs> saw a sign that said Chunky River, and then there was a, the town of Chunky. You, you missed it. And, uh, we, could, we could live there. Or <laughs> live in chunky, chunky Mississippi. Chunky Mississippi. That's probably a kick-ass chunky. town. You never know. Can't be any worse than Texarkana, the most confusing name ever. Or College Texadel- Station. Texadelphia. Yeah, College Station. Station of what? Colleges? What's there? What does that mean? Uh, for those that don't know, College Station was a train stop on a rail line. And that was the clo- that was the closest and easiest way to get to Texas A&M University, or it was a college back then. And so they named the the university was there first. It's a land grant university out in the out in the middle of nowhere. And so the train stop uh, they they put in a train stop for the college. This is like uh, 18, 1886 or something like that. Anyway. Um, they put in a train stop, and then after a while, in 1920, um, some of the professors and local people got together and decided to incorporate a town, and they just named it College Station. There's also a College Station um, uh, in Arkansas, I think. There is? Yeah. And anyway, up until I was about halfway through college... Um, or maybe a little bit longer. They kept the they had the train station, and you could still, as a student or you know, as a as a human, you could at George Bush and um, and uh, Welburn Road across where the McDonald's is now. Yeah. I mean, the trains still come through the town. There's just no station that they stop at. Yeah, it, they, the Amtrak would come through town, and you could get on it or. Get off it right there. It, it was then. But now it's just like a freight train. Right. But there was an actual train station, and the train would stop. Oh. People would get off of it, and there's a gravel parking lot. Hmm. I, don't, I don't never see that, I guess. Yeah. If only you would pay attention, babe. I don't remember seeing that. When did you think when, it went away? If you would just pay attention. Quit trying to provoke an argument. <laughs> I pump my own gas. Woo! Stop it. Okay. Okay, so we have our coffee, and we're ready to roll. We're doing 70-something miles an hour down the freeway, and uh, that's it. All right, out. All right, we are here about to go running. It's actually a lot like the SOS triathlon. It's kind of like carriage trails right here. Here's this gravel. We're at the lake house. I ran this morning with Emily and Kai. And I got some running tips for you on that. And now I'm about to run again this evening. I also did a swim. So actually, I'm going to get hit like nearly three hours today. Uh, working out. Let me start up the Ambit. Sunto Ambit 2. <laughs> it's going to be your your sponsored 
uh, promo stuff here for a second. Exercise, run outside, and it goes, where's your heart rate belt? And then it goes, oh, found it. Where's the GPS? Found it. Bam. Ready to go. How about that? That's pretty cool. Okay. And I was a little bit hungry before I started working out, and that's a bad sign. You're not going to have a good workout if you're hungry going into it. So I ate an Amrito bar. And, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Got a whole bunch of stuff to go talk about. And these woods all around the lake house thick woods so it's really cool you can run anytime during the day and not be out in the sun which is a big problem where I live back in Texas I would run a lot more in the middle of the day but I'm like trapped from sun exposure it's nasty for me and this loop that I run is over 700 feet of uh, vertical and just uh in less than six miles it's pretty good it's like a seven-story building so I found this cool loop with some out and backs on it and I run it one way and then I turn around and run it backwards <laughs> um, so the coolest thing today was swimming to the island and back and so nice, you know, the Ambit, Sunto Ambit 2, has swimming mode, open water swimming mode in it, and like I'm always talking about, such a freaking great watch, because it looks good, and I can wear it all the time, so I don't need to go out, go dig out, you know, a triathlon watch and charge it up, or some kind of swimming thing, I just hopped in and hit a few buttons and then go, and swam, and it's open water. It's a lot of boats. And I pushed it a little bit towards the end. But 1.6 miles at 2.2 miles per hour. It's pretty good. It's a good time. And I got my brother to drive the boat. While, uh, Emily and Kai and Hudson, his six or seven year old, I can't remember how old he uh, rode in the boat too. And there's a beach on the far side. <laughs> it's funny. I said, hey Mike, can you uh, can I convince you to drive the boat while I swim that, uh, that island over there? And his response was, why? Like, why would you swim like that? Which is classic non-endurance non sport. And, I, and I'm like, this is what I said. Because I go, because it's freaking kick-ass, dude. <laughs> let's do it. And then all the kids started going, yeah, let's do it. And he was like, oh, crap. So anyway, but it, I hope you enjoyed it. And like, I've been telling everybody, you know, I'm trying to get him to start doing this stuff and uh but gently and I said well I could swim there and you could swim back he's like no nah, no nah. I was like okay whatever so I swam across got out on the other side there's some people there on the beach 
And this one lady goes, that's impressive. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's, thanks. You know? And we got lots of pictures and photos, and it's nice. It's cool. But the big impact, everybody that I know that's gotten big into open water swimming has done it because they've seen somebody else do it. It's contagious, you know? It seems too hard to do, and then you see somebody do it, and it's actually really easy. And then you're swimming. It's fun. And then... uh, you're like, well, crap, I want to do it, you know, after seeing you do it. So now me, Emily, and my mom have all swam to that island. I think I'm the only one that swam there and back. But now Kai's seen it, Hudson's seen it, and my brother's seen it. So maybe... Maybe he'll do it. It'd be pretty cool. You get more people doing it. It's totally safe. Like, totally rad. You just have to be brave, like, the first time. I'm running up a steep hill. It takes me a while to get warmed up. Anyway. Oh, this is a bad hill right here. (laughs) Oh, my God. So when we went went running earlier than that this morning, Emily and Kai went, and because it's looped, two loops, I said, just go one loop, and they did. And it was really cool. And Kai and I run faster than Emily. And so I would run back down the hill and back up again for Emily to catch up. Or... Uh, one time I stopped and did 15 push-ups, waiting for her to catch up. And it's nearly three miles of heavy hills. Um, did Kai in. He was like, I'm done. <laughs> like that. But then he still had the energy. We were laughing at him. He still had the energy to race Emily to the uh, back to the house the last 100 feet. That's pretty funny. Okay. Steep drop. Listening to some interviews, Trail Runner Nation probably, with some really fast um, uh, ultra trail runners. Hold on, I need to adjust my belt here. It's chasing me. Let's see if that helps. With some really fast uh, ultra runners, little steps going down the hill is actually saves your quads and makes you faster instead of big steps. I know about little steps going uphill, but little steps downhill. So working with Kai to say, keep on swimming. Gotta keep on swimming from Nemo. Finding Nemo. So now I'm, I'm down on an out and back right now. Run to the end of the, end of the street and then turn around. That's nice. Oh, it's so shaded. Had a little bit of a cool front come through. It was not as hot as it could have been. And so that first loop was kind of my warm-up run. And then the second time I ran it a couple minutes faster, because I was warmed up and whatever. So family running 
you know, do loops out and backs. When you wait for somebody, do push-ups. It's pretty cool. And this is my um, it's my second run of the day. We were in the car all day yesterday. Oh, I did go inner tubing though. That was pretty outrageous last night after we got here. And then tomorrow in the car all day. Because normally I wouldn't run twice and swim long all in one day. But gonna be pent up in a car all day tomorrow and that's gonna suck so this will make me feel better about myself <laughs> oh this is steep <sighs> so what are you doing today you had to describe it and I'm running with you what would you say would you say miles or time I go by time it's nice secretly I keep track of the miles you know but on a lot of my devices bike and and run yeah oh bike run swim I have it set so in training, I couldn't even tell you my average speed or how far I've gone. <sighs> because that leads to bad training. It leads you to wanting to beat numbers from previous workouts. So instead, I go by feel and time. You know, and then just kind of guesstimate. And then when I'm done and I upload everything, or I'm done and I look, and then I go, oh, oh that was a 44 mile bike ride. It's a 12 mile run. That's pretty cool. But it's more like I went 12 miles. Because I felt like this. It was smart. Oh, now I'm finally out in the sun. Ooh, it's warm. So this trip has been a good opportunity to teach Kai a little bit of zen about... His cousin irritates the crap out of him. He's real bossy. You know, it's the age and the personality together. <laughs> and sometimes it hurts Kai's feelings. Sometimes Kai gets annoyed. And I'm like, listen, you know that stuff I, I like to think about and talk about called Zen? He's like, yeah. I go, listen, Zen teaches that you don't have to, uh, you don't have to believe everything anybody says you know and I said here's an example right now on the moon there's aliens fighting each other with shovels 
space shovels made out of lasers. And he just looked at me like, what the F? And I go, do you believe me? And he goes, no. And I go, there you go. So do you have to react to that? He's like, no. I'm like, well, there you go. Now, you just chose to not believe me. So when Hudson says, you're not doing this right, and you suck at this, and, and uh, you're in my way, all that stuff, those are just words. You can choose to believe them or not. And he's like, yeah, I could just say, I don't care, I'm not, whatever, and I go, even better than that you don't even have to say anything unless he's asking for an answer you don't have to say anything when I just told you about the aliens on the moon fighting with shovels made out of lasers did I ask you anything he goes no so you didn't have to say anything right it's like, yeah, so just like that. Just ignore and go on with your life. <laughs> and Emily goes, yeah, we ignore, grown-ups ignore things that you and Kai, you and Hudson say all the time. <laughs> we just go, uh-huh, thanks, that's great. That was pretty funny. So there's a nice little moment of zen for you. You choose what you believe. And you don't have to react. You can choose to react or not. Part of the reaction is believing. That's a reaction. And I'm running up like a 10% grade. Right? Part of the reasons in in the art of triathlon is called Zen. It's because Zen is direct action. It's doing. I don't like to sit at a desk and talk into a microphone about triathlon. I like to do triathlon, endurance training, being is such a better teacher than talking about ideas. Here we're doing it. So, for example, I've gotten into matcha powder, which is green tea powder. It's actually good for your teeth instead of bad for your teeth like coffee and sodas and stuff. And a teaspoon is like a cup of tea of this powder. And... Uh, Mix it in with my water. It's got caffeine in it, so it's nice. <clears throat> and uh, I got that in a flask on my left side. And on my right side, I've got another flask of water. These are 10 and a half ounce flasks on an amphipod belt. The flask on my right side is uh, a little bit of honey and a little bit of 
um, maltodextrin powder, probably about 150 calories. Now I'm running downhill, very narrow country lane, 100 foot tall trees on either side, it's beautiful. And I can tell the flasks apart in case I forget, because one's more green than the other because of the green tea. And I went light on the calories because I just ate an Amrito bar when I was walking out the door. And also it's cooler outside. So I'm even for an hour run, I may not finish both of these bottles. So altogether like 20 ounces, 21 ounces, something like that of water. And for me, at 180 pounds, that's plenty of fuel for a moderate run. And then the pace is actually easy because I'm not used to hills that are this steep. And the hills will work me anyway. And I've already run once earlier today. And that's how you plan out a run. And if I'm wrong about any of it, which I easily can be. Then I can run harder at the end if I have extra. Or I can pick up more fuel or water about halfway through because I'm doing loops. Works out really, really well. And I guess the last thing I wanted to mention was... This is really nice, having running as something that I can go do. Because after a while, being around everybody uh, kind of wears me out. I'm more of an introvert. And uh, I like to be by myself. It helps me recharge a little bit. It's relaxing. So... I'm like, when's dinner? And they're like, well, I got no idea. I'm like, okay, well, then I'm going running. <laughs> I can go for a run, and you can too. Get away from everybody. It's a choice, right? You can say, I can engage in draining back and forth about where's the switch for the bilge pump. I think the boat is listening to the starboard. When are we going to fix? Uh, people arguing and drama and I go alright I'm going to go for a run or you know first, when's dinner when's everybody going to have dinner I don't know back to arguing alright later I'm going to go for a run I'm going to go improve myself and get some alone time well y'all work that out because I do not have a solution I think like I was saying in the last podcast, I don't know the answer. That's my thing. I'm a black lab, not a greyhound. I'm a doctor, not a boat expert. <laughs> I know where I can find out real quick, though. Go to the internet and Google it. So, and that's it. Catch up with you guys in a little bit. 
Hope you're enjoying your workout. All right, out, Bing. All right, I'm back. Here's some boats down there in the water. I'm done with my run. Um, had some thoughts while I was running. One thing, so what I do while I'm running, um, if something comes to me, running, running, biking, even swimming, but um, they're like uh, meditation. And you really just think about exercising. So you're focusing on that. And um, if something comes to mind that's bothering you, like, oh, you should do this or you should do that. You know? Don't forget, there's a meeting tomorrow at 9. You know? That's your mind trying to remind you. If it's important enough to interrupt you, then you need to write it down. So on my uh, phone that I run with, I have a, a to-do list app. app and uh, there's good ones like Nozbe, N-O-Z-B-E. And then um, what's another good one? Todoist, G-Tasks, all these things. Really good. And then when you get back to your house, it's captured on your phone and hopefully on the internet. And you can sit down and while you're reviewing your workout, you can take care of this task at the same time. It's a really smart zen thing to do. Um, that's all meditation is, is trying to focus on something. The reason they do breathing is because it's something you have to do. So try to focus on breathing. It's something that's constant. If you don't breathe, you die. And uh, focus on something like that. And if something interrupts you, then it's something, um, it's a lesson that life is always interruptions and you can't actually control anything. And also, it's a, uh, it's a reminder from your brain going, hey, take care of this thing. Do something about this. And it's taken up your life, annoying you, so you're better off taking care of it, right? Anyway, then um, we were tubing yesterday, and I noticed while I was tubing, my arms were getting tired, and then I noticed I could just relax and kind of lay on the tube a little bit differently. And uh, the tube actually performed better, it scooted across the water better, and I was more relaxed and able to enjoy what I was doing more. And had more energy. The clenching actually wears you out. So um, I used to get uh, my left and right bicep, but most of my left would uh, get tired after running long distances because I was clenching my arm. And um, you're burning calories when you're doing that. And that's calories that could be going to your legs to run or to your lungs to breathe. So it's wasteful. And also, um, people that are learning to ride a bicycle, or especially a motorcycle, get really sore arms and shoulders until they learn to just relax and sit square, kind of like on their pelvis, and uh, let things go. So while I was running, I'm always experimenting with things, and I was like, let your arms relax down enough, and uh, kind of push like when you're pushing with the swim, when you're pushing past your waist, push down a little bit to counterbalance the other, the leg on the other side. Uh, for your run and relax. And I noticed that um, it relaxes the whole upper body um, to lower your arms just a little bit. And um, hopefully, and I was faster this run, so maybe um, it, uh, just like in swimming, where you don't need to kick all that much because kicking doesn't move you as fast as uh, pulling. So don't kick too much because you need that energy for pulling so relaxing your arms maybe gives your legs and your lungs uh, room to breathe and uh, able to propel you forward so you have both faster and longer and less stressful runs that are more enjoyable. All right, I'm walking down to the house. That's it. Out, bang.
You can tell I'm relaxed now. That was nice. <laughs> About six miles out. Oh, I'm going to go jump in the lake. That's my favorite thing to do after running. Let's go jump in water to cool off. That's the true value of a lake house, man. That's pretty cool. Uh, living in an apartment complexes while I was in college and stuff. That was always nice. Jump in the pool after going for a run. All right, out, bang. All right, we are here in the Zentri guest room at the lake house. And you can hear the tree frogs. And uh, super top secret agent Emily is here, Zentri nurse. And she was just saying something that made me think oh, we ought to record this. You were saying that this was like the best day ever. Well, I said that, but what was, what was up? Why? It was a great day because me and you and Kai went running this morning, and it was nice weather and really pretty. And then we um, got to go on. We went tubing. Well, you and Kai swam out there, and while we hung out on the dock, uh -huh. and y'all swam laps. And then we went tubing again on the ski boat. And swam and to swam, the island and back. Yeah, you swam to the island and back. And, and then and tonight we took a nap. We took a long nap, like two hours. Yeah, and, and then we uh, had Mexican food. Yeah, we had Mexican shrimp food, in it. and then oh, I never got a shrimp. And yeah. then um, we popped fireworks again out on the dock. Shot rockets off the second yeah. story dock. And it started everybody else popping their fireworks again because yeah, they were jealous. Yeah, they're jealous of our every party is my party. Skills. And then uh, Brett pretended to be a large grasshopper. And then Kai was I got a two sticks and stuck them on my head and then jumped around the dock, yeah. scaring everybody. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Crashing into people as a out-of-control grasshopper. And now we're just chilling, getting ready to go to bed. Oh, here's Kai. Hey, lock the door, Kai. There you go. All right, Kai, I'm recording. What, what was your favorite thing of the day? I kind of really liked going to that other beach. That was kind of oh, neat. Yeah, that was cool. I liked running. Yeah. You like running the most? Yeah. How hilly was it? I told you it was going to be hilly. It was. Yeah? How hilly? Really hilly. Yeah? Do your legs hurt? Do your legs hurt yet? No. My arms hurt from the tube. Yeah. Yeah. You ought to get Bummy to to uh, drive the car while you go run. That's what I had suggested yeah. several you days Just ago. ask her. She might do it. Bummy used to run all the time. She's a really good runner. She knows. She knows about running. So, Bummy ran a 10K one time and beat a whole bunch of guys. Ooh, what yeah. place did she get? Uh, I don't know, but she was pretty freaking fast. And it was a hilly 10K in Birmingham. Hmm. The Vulcan 10K. You know, now we can hear all the tree frogs. Like this is crazy. Listen how loud that is. They're so happy because it's been raining. They've got plenty of water, so they're happy. All right. Well, we're going to go to bed. Night, Kai. I saw the fireflies. That was fun. Oh, there's some fireflies. That made me happy. That's how, by flashing their light, that's how they um, talk to each other. They go, I'm over here. And another one goes, I'm over here. No, oh, and we learned about harpies and banshees. They're banshees. So a, a banshee is a ghostly woman that sounds, screams. Oh, yeah. Everything evil is a woman. Yeah, of course. And uh, except for the for devil, for the devil, so he's a dude. And then, uh, um, but if you hear it's a screaming sound that's real scary, and if you hear it, that means that bad.
things are about to happen. Like the rockets that we just heard? Yeah. Like that kind of scream? Uh, yeah. And so um, howling wind, right? Mm-hmm. Where it starts to really go like that. Okay, so a harpy is uh, a big kind of like eagle-like bird with a woman's head and face, and they snatch things and run away with them, and they're really evil and they're really mean. And um, so this is in Greek, also? in Greek mythology or Roman mythology, um, they um, what do they do? Uh, there was a guy that was banished to an island. And there was tons of food around, but every time he tried to eat, a, band, a, a harpy would grab it and fly off with it. So um, so they're supposed to be just super annoying and, uh, and kind, of, kind of scary, but more, more annoying and, and painful than anything else. So what do you think about that, Kai? Look at my thumb. Emily's looking at her thumb. She thinks she broke her thumb. Well, it won't bend that way. Yeah. Well, as you get really, really old, yeah. like in your case. I'm not as old as you, honey. <laughs> Never be as old as your you. Your joints don't work the way that they used to. So it's just another sign. Ow, 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 that ow, didn't work. ow. <laughs> I'm going to get you, dude. You better you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Oh All the sausage. Chicken chow mein. So me, me and Kai and Daddy are all sleeping in the same bed tonight. Hey. In the downstairs bedroom. Yeah. Listening to the fireworks. Yeah, that's great. I'm awesome. so glad we're all crammed into yeah, one queen are. size bed. <laughs> if that. It's not even a queen size. It's a full size bed. <laughs> Maybe we could get a twin bed and do that. <sighs> all right. Kai smells like a dead fish. No, he doesn't. He's all clean. Oh. He's clean. Well, I'm the one that hadn't taken a shower in two legs, days. Daddy. Look at the I haven't taken a shower <laughs> since today in right. like two weeks. <laughs> All right, see y'all later. Okay. Bye. All right, I am back in Texas. Actually, I'm on Texas Avenue. <laughs> oh, right on the city limit between. I'm sitting on the city limit on, te- on Texas Avenue, right between College Station and Bryan, Texas, and at a green light now. Better go. Um, man, I have some cool things to share. The, uh, the lessons you learn by doing endurance sports, by doing triathlon, multi-sport, I'm all, we're always talking about how they, uh, you can end up using them in life. And man, this road trip uh, was such an example of that. You know, driving across the country um, and, and back, well, halfway across the country and back, um, 15 hours each way is what it took. You know, in like four days, driving 15 hours east and then turning around a couple days later and driving 15 hours west. The techniques I have learned by doing triathlon came in such handy, is that a phrase? Came in such good use. It was absolutely incredible. Um, uh, going, Not fighting uh, what the body is saying um, as far as uh, sleep. Um, breaking things up, uh, Emily and I, because Emily's a triathlete too, breaking driving up into two-hour shifts, you know, alternating, and uh, also eating, man, eating the correct food at uh, the right time based on what you're doing, using caffeine as a uh, stimulant 
um, but only for as long as you need it and saving it for when you need it. So, for example, um, I'm snacking and I'm like, uh, okay, this is healthy food and I need a little bit of um, fat. I need a little bit of protein to balance out the carbs. And this vegetable oil-based chips is crap. You know, stay away from that. You'll end up feeling like crap. Um, towards the very end of the ride, you know, doing uh, a little bit more uh, candy and, um, and uh, caffeine, saving it for then instead of, you know, throughout the trip. Um, and so I was able to finish strong, but then cutting off the caffeine, uh, you know, a couple hours from the, uh, from the finish so that when I finished driving, we got home just before 11 o'clock last night, I was actually ready to go to bed, you know, and I was able to go to sleep and then wake up in the morning. I had a huge meeting this morning, Monday morning that, um, I needed to be well rested for, and I'm fine even after driving 15 hours yesterday, but by, um, uh, you know, like focusing on doing, doing it right. Um, and really taking care of rest, uh, body position. So I wasn't achy getting out and walking every once in a while. And, um, and then the whole, all the high tech crap that just made it so much easier, man. We stopped by duck dynasty headquarters in West Monroe, Louisiana on the way in. And I uh, just able to look it up on the phone, you know, like, where is this place? Oh, holy crap. It's on the route. Okay. Well, let's do it. You know? And, um, uh, the, the thing that sucks is I, I wish I had my knowledge about how to do this stuff, you know, together, <laughs> you know, years ago, instead of age 40, man, how, how much better would things have been if I had this, you know, this wired at, uh, at age uh, 25, I know. So I guess the best you can do is just pass it on to your kids. Um, yeah, knowing what's in your food groups so that you have balanced energy and then, um, really knowing yourself and your body and, um, uh, not, uh, staying up too late, limiting the alcohol, because it is 4th of July weekend, I drank a few beers, like three or four, maybe tops, and, um, but, you know, not getting dehydrated, um, you drink Diet Coke after Diet Coke after Diet Coke to stay awake, well, soon, after a while, you need Diet Cokes just to keep you from crashing from having the Diet Cokes, and then, next thing you know, you're just a mess, and you can't drive anymore, but, um, instead, you know, like, uh, uh, oh man, the water, loading up water every once in a while. I was able to make my own, uh, using the matcha powder for uh, green tea, um, able to make green tea right in my, uh, right in a, 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 a bike bottle, you know, it was pretty freaking cool. So anyway, I'm pretty stoked about how that all went. Um, we had a really nice trip, man. Um, it sucks that it takes 15 hours to get to that lake house and then back, but I don't know. There's not much we can do about it. <laughs> we can't pick up the house and move it. <laughs> anyway, that's it. I'll be back out. Bang. All right, leaving the pool. Audio is going to be not that great just for a moment here while I use the headphone mic while I put my crap on top of the car. Zen Keys to the Zentri Mobile Studio. Really interesting swim this morning really interesting past day and uh, listening to 
Metallica Sanitarium and some Motorhead while leaving the pool here, getting in and getting out, putting the wet stuff on top, the cargo box, and using a watch on last night's bike ride and on this morning's swim, a finger-mounted watch that does a stopwatch and actually does a whole bunch of stuff, but it does a stopwatch. Um, you press it once to go and press it twice to uh, pause it and then press it once again to continue, hold down to reset, that kind of thing. Uh, so you mount it on your forefinger and then you press the button with your thumb to do this kind of stuff. So what's cool is if you do the stopwatch one, you can time how much you're doing something and cumulatively, you know. So on last night's bike ride and this morning's swim, I said, I'm going to go hard when I feel like it. And I'm going to time how long I go hard. And last night's bike ride, I went hard 32 minutes. So as soon as I said, you know what, I feel like going hard up this hill, I would hit start. And then when I got to the top of the hill and said, I am done, I would hit pause. It'd be like three minutes. And then I'd kind of coast around a little bit, and then I'd go downhill again. Or, I mean, uh, go hard again, like on a flat or on an uphill. And uh, hit start to uh, to uh, get it going again. And it would add to that three minutes. It would keep going, you know, like four minutes, five minutes, six minutes. And by the end of the workout, I accumulated 32 minutes in an hour and like four-minute bike ride or something like that. And... Then on this morning's swim, I had to cut the swim a little bit short because I had to leave the pool. I got there a little bit late. And uh, I got in 26 minutes and 47 seconds. Let's see. 26 minutes and 41 seconds of hard. And um, <clears throat> this is a really uh, novel way that you don't see very often or at all of um, how to train. And... Uh, to do intervals, you go hard when you feel like going hard, and then by timing how long you've gone hard, uh, you make sure that you're either going long enough, spending enough time in hard, or you're not spending too much time in hard. So uh, once you start getting over half an hour of time spent going hard, man, you're really starting to cook yourself, you know. Uh, you need a lot of recovery to get over that. And uh, you're only doing 10 minutes of hard, then uh, uh, you might be, hold on a second. Yeah, let's see, is this better? Am I still recording? Yeah, okay, if you're only doing 10 minutes of hard, 15 minutes of hard, you might be like, oh man, I can do better than that. And then you write down in your training log how many minutes of hard you did. Now this is opposed to doing like four intervals of eight minutes, right? The problem with those, you know, four by eight is 32, but the problem with those is you gotta, you gotta do your four by eight, you know, whether you feel like it's a good time to do it or not, whether or not you're going uphill or not, you know, it's kind of like, eh. Um, uh, the way by using a finger-mounted stopwatch is, um, along with all your training stuff, is you can do it you can go hard when you feel recovered enough and uh, when it's optimal 
you can start to tell when you want to go hard and uh and then you're still counting it cumulatively and it's smart man very 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 smart so the watch is called a uh, sport count go to sport count go to google and uh, google sport count the one that has the the cumulative timer is i think it's called the chrono 100 and anytime you just you you can uh do lap functions and you can do um it'll review like your fastest lap uh slowest lap overall time average lap time you know stuff like that so it does a ton all on a 40 dollar finger mounted watch (laughs) it's pretty cool man how useful it is they make another one that's just a uh, lap counter um and i have i happen to have that one as well and i used to use that in the pool before um uh sunto got really good at doing um uh, swim metrics the swim metrics in the sunto ambit uh didn't work for me at first and then now it does man it's so right on with my uh with my turns that it counts them uh it's within one one lap ever of uh my swims so anyway so what happens is, is you go hard and uh after a while of going hard um you can start to feel it really burn and then you can you can search your feelings luke with that um burn and be like uh last night on the bike i was like man this is this freaking hurts <laughs> and then i thought just keep going man see how bad you can make it hurt and it, you know is it mental or is it not so i was searching for like how much pain i could tolerate you know on a on an interval oh it was so good and then it gives you time to uh to figure out cadence because if your cadence is too high you'll blow up aerobically if it's too low you'll blow up uh, muscularly and then uh, um, but if you find the right space in between um, you can uh, keep them in sync and then push both Uh, so you find just the sweet spot cadence to keep pushing hard and um, your lungs and your muscles tire at the same rate instead of one giving out prematurely and then you can uh, go longer you know oh it's so good so freaking good and releases a ton of testosterone you go around beating up mailboxes ripping things out of the ground and screaming at people just kidding don't do that um man i was listening to rich roll's podcast with slow-mo uh yesterday last night and that was so intriguing this is a guy that is actually a real life monk i mean gave up everything um had enough money plenty of money so that he could pay for his uh you know living situation and then just does what he wants and explores what the what the human mind um does and says and uh likes and dislikes um without any outside um influence and this is exactly what monks do um they seclude themselves from the outside world and then they practice and practice and practice to see to explore the human mind and see how it really works and then what they do is come back to the real world and tell us your true the true nature of aggression and patience and what happens if you let go of things and 
uh, fear and uh, love and um, doing without and doing with, you know, compare and contrast. And it's, uh, they're like uh, astronauts into the, into the, um, into the mind, you know. And yeah, they're a little bit crazy because they're not, they're not um, constrained. They're crazy to us um, because they're not living in our world. But then they come back and report, the, you know, um, just incredible knowledge of, of the possibilities. And then what you do is you take this knowledge that they found and try to apply it to your life where, where applicable um, and see what works and what doesn't, what you can do and where you can improve things. And, I mean, that is really the essence of it all. And uh, the Ritual Podcast... Uh, big kudos to him for, um, bringing this guy, this guy back to earth to tell us, you know, what's, what it's like. And so, uh, Rich, Rich was doing a really good interview and, um, transmitting back to us this guy's message, like a, like an antenna, (laughs) like a broadcast station, you know, this is what happens when you, uh, give it all up you know, and you really go deep. And then there was another thing that was pretty cool was, um, the reason he rides slow motion rollerblades around is to feel the force of lateral push back and forth across the body because the guy knows his stuff. And as a neurolog former neurologist, he, um, he's a pretty well aware of what stimulates the mind and, and, uh, He's found out that, um, sorry, there was somebody walking by the wave. He's found out um, that working against force, um, and a good way to do it is lateral side-to-side movement, uh, really stimulates happiness in the human body because humans are happy, to, uh, animals are happy, plants too. I mean, they grow towards the sun away from the earth. Uh, plants and animals are really happy to work against um force against, and a good force is gravity, and also uh, um, uh, centripetal, centri- centrifugal, pen- penduliminous uh, force also acts pretty well too. So um, so when you work against something, it I <clears throat> what I realized, which was never really brought up in the podcast exactly like this, was when you push against something else, that helps identify who you are, right? For you to have a you, you have to have a not you. Well, having this um, uh, thing that you're pushing against strongly identifies a not you, which then in return holds up a mirror of what you are, right? If I push against the wall, um, it makes it very apparent what I am because I'm trying to push against the wall, right? So the the other defines the you. And then humans are super happy, um, happiest working against something that helps highlight and illuminate who they are because then now you you get a, um, a really enhanced um, identification of who you are and what you can do. And um, uh, people are really happy and uh, do great work when they're being told that they're doing great work. And pushing against 
is great work. It's the perfect work. And using body weight to push against something, it's perfect for you. It's appropriate. And it puts you in the zone because it's exactly the right amount. And you can uh, choose you know, how hard to go and then you can find that sweet spot. And it's kind of like doing those intervals when I said um, you do the intervals when you feel like doing them and just kind of keep an eye on how much you do. And that's nice, you know, to see if you're growing or not. But um, pushing side to side, you're doing work against something and it's showing who you are. And it, um, we are hardwired for a whole lot of different things. Just like I said, you know, going hard uh, produces testosterone and makes you feel good. Well, doing, it, it's, chemi- it's chemical stuff, you know, that you really don't have much choice over. Um, being locked up in a dark room and people yelling at you will make you depressed, right? And, um, with poor lighting, we'll, we'll help that and, uh, <laughs> make that worse. And if you are, um, happily pushing against something that's appropriate, so you're really identifying who you are, you get a strong self of a strong identity of yourself and of self-worth because now you know what you're worth because you're pushing against something. Um, it feels good. It probably releases all kinds of endorphins and, and, uh, uh, serotonin and um, and that's nature trying to con- addict you to that to keep you doing that because you're creating work and you have to work to survive and we are hardwired to try to survive so think about that um, when you go out and train try to find something and when you at, at your job and driving a car you know do what um, feels like work to you that helps identify you to push against something back and forth and you can do intervals at your desk I'll file this paper for a while that feels like some resistance and then I'll sit down and then I'll surf the internet for a minute and then I'm gonna call up this person and set up a meeting that I don't really want to do and then uh, I'm gonna go uh, walk around the parking lot for a minute to kind of move my legs and then I'm gonna go and uh, talk to my boss about getting a pay raise and then I'm gonna you know uh, relax for a minute at my desk and kind of zone out and kind of plan out the rest of the day. And then I'm going to do the next kind of hard thing. And then easy like that back and forth and your day will go by like super fast and you'll get a crap load done. Speaking of that, I got to go into W to the ERK <laughs> out big. All right. Talking through a Ziploc bag. So pardon me for the crinkling <laughs> trying to keep my phone waterproof. Um, black Mamba. Um, hour run with the dog Tuesday evening and the interval work has really opened up my lungs and improved my everything my swim this morning my run tonight um hold on let me move some earphones here slow down buddy um feels like I've removed a restriction, a governor, removed something that was throttling my performance. <laughs> Come on, buddy. I know. Come on. We're going inside where it's, it's nice. And I'm able to run with less fatigue and at a higher heart rate because my lungs are bigger. They're stretched out so they can take in more air, you know, like 5% bigger, 10% bigger from doing high intensity stuff and I can run and swim 
bike without uh, much more freely. It's really weird. So it's a definite win. Definite win. Doing interval stuff. You just got to do them sparingly, not too much. Every few days, or else you get too tired. You need too much recovery. That's Kona painting. <laughs> we're home and we're wet. Okay, hold on. I gotta get my keys out of the driveway. All right. Hello. Hello. Hello, Mr. Herman. <laughs> All right, leaving the pool. Recording quality is going to be a little iffy here for just a minute. And then it'll get good, I promise. Someday this podcast will get good. All right, I had a great swim, and I want to talk to you about how uh, a different way of doing intervals and stuff like that that's uh, really good. And uh, also, get my keys out here. I'm going to put my swimsuit on the rooftop box of my Nissan Xterra. Man, someday when these things have electric motors, this is one hell of a freaking car, man. I'm super stoked because I, uh, I ordered uh, roof bar, roof rack bars so I can load surfboards and stuff on top. Um, it has rails, but then no bars across when you get the two-wheel drive. And um, I ordered these and put them on last night they came in the mail ordering them off Amazon Prime that's, that's me slapping them right there yeah and uh, oh crap anyway uh, <laughs> a little bit of an issue here and I uh, can't wait to put my surfboard pads on them and then go to the beach, go take my longboard and paddle around a lake, just do prone paddling on it and work out the shoulders, go exploring, it'll be great. Anyway, um, let's start up the baby. Cool. And, and where do we go? Where are you? Where are you? Oh, there you are. Okay. Um, yesterday... I was in meetings all day, all day, you know, and it's one of these situations where it's like, we're going to break from 12 to 1, and they're like, there's no food there, and uh, <laughs> you got to go at noon and go eat something, and then come back, which means you got like three minutes to eat, and then come right back into a meeting again, and uh, then keep on working, and uh mostly just sitting on your ass all day. And I love my job. I'm not complaining about my job. I rarely have to do stuff like this, you know? So when I do, it's like, okay, you know, got to suck it up. And, uh, anybody that was in the court, A&M goes, knows this one, suck your ass. <laughs> anyway, so you got to suck it up and, you know, do the work. But anyway, the effect is if you're observant, this is the whole thing about Zen and mindfulness is you pay attention and then you learn what sucks and then what doesn't suck and what works and what doesn't work. And, you know, that way you can enhance your life. And, um, throughout the day, I, well, then I went running in the evening 
and uh, I worked out in the morning and then went running in the evening. And uh, my run in the evening was crap, man. I had to stop and pee, not even halfway through, which means I'm low on carbs. Body's trying to concentrate blood sugar. Um, so what happened was because of sitting on my ass all day and being like entrapped, entrapped, trapped, enclosed in a uh, in meetings all day, I couldn't go and and uh, eat carbs and stuff like that. They had carbs, right? But they had crappy carbs, mostly. You know, like uh, donuts and things like that. Um, and those are too fast acting. I don't know. They're just not quality stuff. So then when it got time to, to run in the evening, I just had like no energy. So I cut it short at half an hour. Um, but it goes to show you to um, uh, watch your macronutrients. And the more you work out, the more carbs you need right? It's a ratio. It scales, literally, maybe even more than that. Um, maybe exponentially. The more you work out, definitely the more intense you work out, the more carbs you need. You can't get away from it. You know, uh, these people that do low carb stuff, they're shocked when they find out, oh, you did a hard, hard workout for a long time. Oh, that's 200 grams of carbs right there <laughs> that you need. And you can still be low carb. They're like, what? But I don't want to drink a uh, a, a Coke or something like that. It's like, dude, you freaking, you're gonna, you're gonna just have major issues if you don't eat your carbs in proportion to your, um, direct proportion to the amounts you work out. When you're not working out, it scales back, you know? And when, uh, anyway, so my point is, so this morning I uh, had a bowl of cereal, um, and then in my coffee to try to catch back up on the carb issue, in my coffee, I had a scoop of maltodextrin powder, and then um, at the pool, uh, bef- what I did was, this is a tip that I learned from Angela Nath, and uh, she mixes fruit juice and uh, water 50-50 in a water bottle, and then takes it to the pool, and uses that as fuel, and that way, your sugar, your carbs, actually have some nutrition in them, like uh, vitamins, and my favorite fruit juice is um, odd walla superfood kind of stuff like green fruit juice that's got greens mixed in with it and um, uh, it's still high carb but it's um, but it's a lot more nutritious than just like say apple juice or orange juice which has some vitamins and minerals in it maybe but not much anyway the um, uh, and this is opposed to just maltodextrin which has like no nutrition in it it's just carbs so um Anyway, during the swim, I, uh, uh, what did I do? Oh, I have to go and pick up breakfast after the swim for the office, so I don't have that much time to swim. So even though I got to the pool really early, like 20 minutes early, I still need to, um, uh, I still needed uh, only like a 45-minute swim. So uh, what I did was four intervals until failure. And this is what I wanted to talk about about a style of doing intervals that's really, really cool. If you go to the gym and lift weights to get stronger, more awesomer, then what you do is you um, you pick up something that feels like you can do it about 10, 15 times, right? 8 to 15 times, kind of depends. Um, and then you lift it repeatedly, like bicep curls, for example, um, or bench press or squats or whatever. You do it repeatedly until you fail, right? (laughs) There's my country accent, fail. Anyway, you do it repeatedly until you fail. And then, oh, there's a Nissan Xterra 
that's the gray one, the dark gray one. That's a pretty looking car. I like that. Mine's white. Anyway, the um, squirrel. You do it until you fail, right? And then that failure signals the body. Oh, you know, I gotta, I gotta um, improve my muscle. You know. And then what you do is you do it like three or four times. Um, if you haven't been weightlifting in a while, you do it like once or twice. Uh, let's say it's ten reps. Well, you just go until failure. You just try to guesstimate, you know. And if you if if you only get to eight, well, that's okay. Maybe lighten the, the weight a little bit, and then the next time you do it, you can do it like ten or twelve. If you can do it like once you start getting up to like fifteen, you're like, man, that wasn't enough weight. That's uh, I need to add a little bit of weight to it. So put that weight down and pick up something a little bit heavier. And uh, but anyway, that's called a set. When you do repetitions until failure, so you do a set, and then um, you take a, a break after doing a set until failure, and then you um, do it again, right? And you can either add weight or reduce weight. Um, because you've already done one set, you might want to reduce the weight a little bit so that you can go the same amount of time, right? It just kind of depends on, on what you like to do. <sighs> and then, i got to take an exit here. This is a new route for me because i got to go pick up breakfast, so i got to pay attention a little bit. So then um, you do, like I was saying, if you haven't lifted weights in a long time, you do it like, uh, uh, you know, once or twice, these sets, because you're going to be sore like a mofo. And then um, once you settle in, you can get up to doing, you know, reasonably strong and fit is like three sets. And what you'll notice is every time you go back and lift weights again or do one of these sets, um, like a few days later, you'll be stronger. You'll be able to do more and more and more. Um, instead of curling 10 pounds, it'll be 15 and then 18 and then 20 and then 25 and then 28 and then 30, you know? And, um, well, that's an old car. I haven't seen one of those in a long time. Looks like a triumph. Anyway, the, um, oh, that's a weird car. That's not a triumph. That's something weird. Anyway, um, then once you're like really, really strong, you can do like four sets of something. And man, once you start hitting around four sets of something, that's about, man, dude, you're peaking out. That's, that's your natural ability right there. You're kind of towards the max. You start doing five. I think you're, um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, you might be overdoing it. So, and I learned all of this from years and years of weightlifting in high school and in college. Okay. So, in swimming and biking and running, what you can do is kind of warm up a little bit and then um, gradually start increasing the load. You go, okay, I'm warmed up. I feel good. Everything's fine. Okay, because if you increase the load too fast, you'll pull something. So, what you do is over a few minutes, you start gradually increasing the load. Um, And then what you do is you constantly ask yourself, can I add more? Can I add more? Can I add more? And this is over a period of like three to three to eight minutes. You just keep asking, can I add more? Can I add more? And then this is what gets really cool is you go, um, you, sometimes you'll find yourself like, like plateauing, you know, you're like, oh, I've settled into something, you know, uh, and I'm getting lazy. Add more, add more, add more. And then as you keep adding more, you'll feel it to start, start burning right and you're like oh that's good that feels 
that's where a lot of growth happens right there, right? It's that burn. Your body's learning to handle that lactic acid and flush it out. So the more lactic acid exposure you get, you know, the better you get at handling it psychologically, um, physiologically. Um, you just get better and better so the burn doesn't bother you as bad. And then, then it gets really, really good. Towards the very end of the interval, it starts burning really good. You sense all of a sudden weakness, right? Your body starts to your muscles start to fail. You can feel it. They go, (laughs) and you feel your energy level drop. And then you're like, Oh man. Oh no. You're fading, right? You're fading. And then, um, that's where you decide right there. This is where the decision gets made. Have I been going long enough? Right. And if you've only been going like two minutes, three minutes before this happens, you know what? You can decide right then back off the effort and, and, uh, slow down just a little bit so that you can extend this out a little bit longer so you can sustain that burn, uh, that'll improve you over time. Or let's say you say, Nope, I've been going like five minutes doing this six minutes. So go for the kill, right? So then what you do is you push it even a little bit harder and then go to complete failure. And what this does is, um, um, it's like lifting weights, you know, you do curls until you can't do curls anymore until you can't lift it anymore. And then once you once your body fails, once that bicep fails, then you're done. Right. So then you, on this interval in the pool, like I was doing this morning, you go for the kill. Finally, when your body gives a signal that it's, it's crapped out, then you finish, you know, it's like that video game. What was it? Finish him. <laughs> then, uh, you finish yourself off. Um, until you're, I mean, like you can't go forward anymore at all. Right. And it takes like 30 seconds of doing that and you're done. And then what you do is you, if you're on your bike, you coast, if you're running, you walk. And if you're swimming, you stop at the wall and catch your breath and maybe walk across the pool and back to catch your breath. And then, uh, then you go easy, swim, bike, or run, um, for a few minutes, right. Until maybe 10 minutes until you catch your breath and you feel strong again, your system's uh, refreshed, and then you do it again. And you do it a total of uh, two, three, four times. And that's like lifting weights. That's pretty cool. All right, that's it. I got to go out, bang. Okay, I'm back. I had to go and pick up the tacos. Thank you. Come again. (laughs) Anyway, um, I didn't want to leave you hanging with... What, what this, uh, without telling you with what this type of training does. So what that is, that's really hard, right? But then it's only a few minutes of really, really hard because the first part of the intervals are not actually all that hard. And then you're slowly escalating until it, you're progressing and pushing and pushing and pushing and going faster and faster, harder and harder until it is really hard. And then you blow up, right? But altogether, it's not that much time, uh, going really hard. And that going hard like that, um, what it does is it increases your strength. And because it's high RPM, it increases your technique and your form because now you're spending time going really fast. It's like overspeed. So you have to, um, it, it gets your, your neuromuscular firing going. It's like super, super fast, right? So it's like running really, really fast. Then, okay, so this makes you strong and it makes your, it improves your uh, efficiency big time. And the strength and the efficiency um, of being awesome like that, um, then in a longer race, 
because you're used to going like really hard and really fast, all you do is just scale it down and you've been running, you know, a five and a half minute mile in training. Um, well running an eight minute mile, you know, is like a piece of cake. It's so easy compared to your hard work. So then you can run an eight minute mile for what seems like forever for like a marathon, like no problem. And then, um, the, but the trick is that this is polarized training. If you're going to go that hard, um, then you need to go really, really easy the rest of the time. So you're, the rest of the time is just filler, right? So like running last night, my legs were a little bit sore from doing interval work um, on the bike uh, earlier. So I just ran easy, you know. And also I was underfueled, so I just ran easy. You know, it's just filler time. There's no work to be done. My legs are still recovering from doing the intensity stuff uh, earlier. And that's the poles of the polarized. You know, it's either one or the other. And then um, the other thing with doing intervals, um, increasing load until failure, is it's actually really injury safe, injury resistant. Um, because you're starting off uh, at just slightly above easy. And then slowly progressing harder and harder and harder and harder and harder. You don't get that rapid shift from easy to, to hard, which will cause um, a muscle strain or a, a ligament pull or, or a, you know, a, a joint injury or some kind of craziness. Um, because of really where, where you get injured is uh, fast acceleration from, from easy to hard. So if you slowly progress, it gets your body warmed up. Uh, and being in the right place. So, and then also the time spent slowly progressing harder and harder um, familiarizes your mind and your body with, uh, well, familiarizes your mind with your body signals that you're, that how hard you're going and how long you can sustain something, you know, because you can go kind of like medium hard and go, I can do this for a while, you know, um, because in track, in a race, you can go, I can do this for a while because in training, you're like, you've, you've processed this so many times of going, I can go a little bit harder. I can go a little bit harder or oh, I'm going a little bit too hard. If I want to, um, if I want to, if I want to keep going, I need to back off. Right. Cause you've been asking yourself while you're doing these intervals that slowly progress, um, harder and harder. Um, you're used to asking yourself that question and you're knowledgeable about what is too hard and what's too easy and how much harder can you actually go, right? Because if you go until failure, now you're really experienced with, with um, how hard you can actually go. And I remember um, doing sprint freestyle uh, swimming, you know, 50s and 100s, um, because in training we did complete blow up into failure. Um, you're racing and you're like, I got more. I know I can actually go harder because I haven't failed yet. And I know the real symptoms of failure is your muscles just collapse, you know? So in a race, you're like getting towards the finish line. You're like, I can go harder. I can keep going harder. I can go harder, harder, you know? And <laughs> I'm laughing at myself. And, um, so, and that doesn't have to be just the finish line. It can just be going up a hill. You know, I can go harder up this hill and I can recover on the, on the downside and, uh, and still keep going, you know. Anyway, that is uh, polarized training and doing uh, intervals 
uh, progressing until failure. What's cool is it's like weightlifting, except um, now you're doing you know weight training, but on the device or in the pool that you're going to be uh, racing on, right? So you're actually doing it on the bike. So it's like weight room training, but but instead of now trying to take that and adapt it to the bike, you're actually doing it on the bike. So the same muscles, the same technique that you're going to use um, in the race, uh, you're doing it uh, in training instead of trying trying to simulate it kind of in the weight room, and then train and then you know, doing squats in the weight room and then going, okay, now I got to go on the bike and it's a little bit different. It's a lot different. Well, now you're doing the, the weight room training, quote unquote, um, on the actual bike. Right. So then in a race, there's no translation. It's, it's real. It's direct. It's right there. So it's very Zen. Ha <laughs> ha. All right. <laughs> now I'll let you go out me. All right. Let's wrap up this training log. Oh man. I'm stuck in the College Station Airport. That's a toilet flushing over there. I'm by the men's bathroom. It's the glamour of traveling. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is an airport that doesn't have actual American Airlines or any airlines, uh, real mechanics here. So if a plane has the tiniest problem, a valve is stuck on the starter motor on the jet. That, there goes the toilet again. That, uh... They have to fly the mechanics in from Houston or Dallas on the next flight to, um, to get them here to actually work on the plane. It's called an outstation in the airline industry is the name of the, is this kind of airport. So we'll see if I have to be quiet because somebody walks out on here. Yeah, there he goes. Anyway, anyway, I have to be really quiet. <laughs> Shh, everybody be quiet. So um, I'm going to wrap up this training log because the next training log will be hanging out in uh, San Diego, which I'm there for work. But uh, previously, before this delayed flight, I was a canceled flight. I was going to have plenty of time hanging out on the weekend before work and hang out with my buddy Morgan and uh, just chilling and stuff and doing endurance stuff and maybe Tawny Prezak and everything and now we're going to have to wait and see what actually happens Um, because I was going to get there Friday evening and now I'm getting there Friday midnight and then so Saturday's kind of shot Sunday I don't know you know whatever and then I got to work Monday through Friday Um, uh, but anyway what was my point oh so I'm listening to um Uh, Talk Ultra, which is an ultra running podcast, and uh, they're interviewing, one of the many interviews in it is uh, Anton Kropichka. This is a great podcast to listen to. Um, They interview the biggest and best names in um, endurance sports. Uh, A regular co-host is, uh, God, I forgot his name, but he's won more 100 milers than anybody else in the world ever. (laughs) Like 50 of them or something like that. (laughs) It's crazy how many he's won. And um, then uh, Anton Kropichka is a pretty cool guy. And so they're interviewing him. And it's just cool to listen to. And um, let's see, I've also lined up interviews with um, Rich Roll is in progress of getting lined up. And then uh, maybe the guys from the bike 
oh, what's it called? There's a bike rental company that, uh, well, it's a website where you can list your bike for rent. Spin Lister, that's what it is, spinlister.com. There's a guy eating chips down at the end of the hallway, and it's really loud. I'm down a long, narrow hallway, so anything something somebody does down there, it echoes all the way down this hallway. So spinlister.com, and uh, let's see. Uh, oh, and then the latest uh, breaking news is uh, the real Starkey <laughs> and Dark Mark and uh, somebody else have started a GoFundMe, which is the same thing as Kickstarter, have started a GoFundMe fund for like $25,000, I think, to, there goes the toilet again, to pay the, um, to pay uh, some of the, the top 10 at Iron Man Lake Placid, which is on July 27th. Iron Man only pays 10, uh, seven deep, six deep, they pay sixty, and sixth place only gets seven hundred or three hundred fifty dollars. It's anyway, it's ridiculous. It's a forty-five million dollar a year sport, and the uh, GoFundMe campaign lists out all these sports that pay more, like competitive eating, darts, D- darts. You can win more at darts than you can at working uh, doing an Ironman, and. Um, the problem is uh, that um, to get to the world championships, to actually get some real return on your uh, investment in Ironman racing as a pro, you've got to race a ton of races, right, to get enough points. And so you've got to race all these races, and then the cost of getting to the races all over the world to get enough points will just make you poor. And um, you have to borrow money from family and friends and everything. And... Uh, so the sunken cost into hopefully getting anywhere in this sport is so much that it's uh, it's really taking advantage of the athletes um, that are trying to race pro. And you basically got to be rich to race pro and be willing to be poor and not make any money for a long time. And uh, the hours and hours and hours and hours of training is just insane. And so <laughs> these guys started a uh, GoFundMe campaign to uh, pay seventh place and maybe eighth, ninth, and tenth, depending on how much money they raise. So um, you can Google it and find GoFundMe Ironman Lake Placid uh, in Google, and it'll probably return it. I'll probably put a link to it on zentriathlon.com so you can check it out. And uh, <laughs> it's just so freaking funny. I love it. Um, but anyway, I went and donated, and I never donate to anything. I do donate to some charity stuff for... Um, you know, like kids and, and things. And I raise money for charity. I'm my own charity. It, <laughs> so it takes a lot for me to donate. So if I'm donating to this, uh, you can too. And the donation uh, levels are hilarious. Uh, the real Starkey set them up. Uh, for $10, I get a, uh, I'm a, I'm gluten tolerant. <laughs> Not gluten free, but gluten tolerant uh, wristband. <laughs> but anyway, there's 10 and maybe like 20 and $50 like uh, uh, intervals. It's pretty freaking cool. Everybody gets something really funny. So go check it out. At least donate 10 bucks to this just to send a message to Iron Man to raise this freaking fee. And then if, if you do donate or you want to spread the word, go to Twitter and keep retweeting it uh, that, that you're doing this um, because Iron Man needs to see this. Okay. 
I think that's it. I'm going to wrap up the show. Next episode will be all about San Diego. And maybe I won't be uh, broadcasting out of a public bathroom, which is always a hope. So it's cool. It's cool. It's a good lifestyle. Oh, the other thing is I just caught up with an old friend that I haven't seen. I, I hung out with him a little bit after high school, but really not much. Um, but we went to military school together. We, we really haven't done anything together in 20 years, you know. And, um, and basically uh, reintroducing ourselves to each other was a really interesting um, it's just over the phone. I've, I've, we found each other on Facebook again. And he and I were best, best friends in uh, military school, right? High school. And uh, and let's see. We were talking. and uh, He mentioned that, you know, he's making, uh, he's really excited because he's making this amount of money. And then I'm like, oh, that's really good. And then I'm, I'm not making uh, anywhere near that. And I said, but um, I'm doing triathlon stuff. And it's really uh um, it's a it's a constant challenge, and um, and I'm happy, man. I'm really really happy. <laughs> and that and, I, and he was so happy to to hear from me. He's like, oh, that's great, man. That's so cool. That's really important. And I'm like, yeah, man. Like I'm I uh, I coach on the side of my day job, um, so I make a little bit there, you know, but nothing nothing crazy, and uh, <laughs> nothing to really pay bills with, and. Uh, and I'm, uh, but it's a challenge and, um, doing all this stuff is you really, you know, doing triathlon really is enough of a challenge to keep you busy and keep your mind working. It's a puzzle. Um, and you're satisfied cause you're, you're healthy and you're, um, I know, um, got to keep an eye on the clock here. My Sunto watch. Oh, Sunto introduced a new watch. Holy crap. Anyway, I'll get, that'll be in the news at the beginning of the show. Um, I, uh, you know, I intermingle with other people all day long, um, all over the, from all over, and all walks of life, just doing stuff. And um, I think in today's age, time, time and age, it's the the number of people that are in America um, that are genuinely happy. Are um, are uh, fewer. I'm not saying there's not not lots of us, but there's the ratio is really small compared to people that are um, struggling, pissed, uh, angry, upset. I'm here at this airline thing, getting uh, kicked off my flight, and um, I'm I'm like, well, at least the number of things that I have to work on that suck in my life, you know, I've I've chopped them down. to just a, f- a few major things <laughs> instead of a ton of things. And it's nice, man. You know, it's got the fitness kind of thing and the health kind of thing kind of worked out. I could get cancer and stuff at any minute, but I don't know if there's anything I can do about that. But um, as far as uh, oh, the Zen stuff practiced over all the years, you know, it's kind of like uh, things are good, man. Things are really, really good. And, you know, happiness, I've mentioned it on previous shows, has everything to do with the Zen state. Um, and it doesn't even matter if you've ever heard the word Zen. It doesn't have to be Zen, you know. But it's the state of um, appropriate challenge and, comf- and uh, not too comfortable, you know. Um, sorry, that was, a, that was a call. I'm going to have to call Emily back in a second. Things, things are um, just hard enough, you know, and uh, it's a, 
it's uh, it's good. <laughs> My buddy's name's Nathan, and I'm like, he's like, oh man, it sounds like you're in a sweet spot. And I go, yep. And he goes, I was in a sweet spot a couple couple for a couple of years, like a while back, a few years ago. And I'm like, or until just recently. And I'm like, yeah. He goes, it's over now. <laughs> he's stressed. <laughs> and I'm like, he's got some crap going on at work. And I was like, oh yeah, dude, I'm very aware that at any second my sweet spot can just get flipped upside down and I'm stressed. But what you do, I guess what you do is uh, what I'm doing is while I'm in my sweet spot, I'm definitely taking the time to enjoy it and, um, and trying to build up some resources, trying to build up a little bit of fat, um, you know, so that when the, uh, when times do get hard, cause uh, this too shall pass when times do get hard, um, uh, I've got the energy to uh, deal with it, you know. So when things things are easy, when it's downhill, cruise the downhills, right? And uh, save up a little bit of energy and work the uphills. All this triathlon stuff does pay off. It is in in the art of triathlon. And there's a tagline somewhere for this show on some website somewhere that says, finding yourself through endurance sports. And, uh, yeah, it really does pay off. Oh, and then another thing was... Um, He's, he was like crazy fit like I was. And military school is really, really hard, and they push you to the edge of your abilities, to, of your freaking sanity and your life. And, um, oh, here's a jet landing. Anyway, um, and he's like, oh, man, you know, maybe I could, uh, you know, kind of look into that stuff a little bit. And I'm like, dude, do it or not. <laughs> you know, like um, uh, triathlon uh, will... It's a hobby that um, can make you poor. You can spend all your money on crap, and it sucks up a lot, a lot of time. And I would hand over somebody all the shortcuts. I try to do that through my coaching and stuff. Um, hand over all the shortcuts on uh, you know things that don't, so you don't waste a bunch of time. Um, and definitely, coaching is good for that. I gotta say that for sure. But. Um, a lot of things you kind of have to, you know, figure out for yourself. So it's years of, um, it's kind of like Zen camp, monk camp, you know, years of struggling and struggling and struggling. And then finally going, ah, this works, this works better, this works better. And um, I don't know if there's definitely some shortcuts where you can trim it down. But um, some things take a long time to learn. And actually, the the uh, ironic thing is the there's a Zen thing with um, the the faster you try to get to enlightenment, the uh, longer it's going to take you. Um, because the thing to learn in the end is there is no rushing. That rushing is the problem, and um, taking your time and uh, learning. This is really important here. Learning yourself, right? And paying attention to yourself, not trying to hurry up other things, but uh, trying to hurry up other things outside of yourself is the problem, actually. Um, slowing everything down so that you can pause and quiet everything and then listen to how you respond to things and how you work is actually the key. And then once you learn how you work and you believe it, you honestly begin to believe it through messing up over and over and over again um, until you believe it and you understand how you work. 
um, that's then when, when you understand all of that, then when you try to go through life, you either, you know, you say yes or no, I can do this or I can't do that and commit to things um, uh, based on the truth and the reality of how you operate. That's the, that's the end goal, right? You can't rush that until you quit trying to do other things, you know? So trying to get really good at triathlon is doing one of those other things. So you can, it's, you know, tri- being a triathlete, my point is, is that being a triathlete is both, it's both a blessing and a curse, right? So um, when I, I'm actually wearing a t-shirt right now that has a little Iron Man uh, M dot on it, it's real small, and, uh, and it says triathlete, it's a hashtag triathlete on it, but it's in small print across the front. And um, now at, I'm at the point 10 years in, no, no, not 10 years, 13 years in, 12 years in to doing this stuff where somebody goes, oh, you're a triathlete. Um, I, I don't know whether to, I, I'm now at the point where I don't just automatically anymore go, yeah, I'm a triathlete. Hell yeah. Now it's kind of like, oh, I'm a triathlete. It's kind of like a curse. <laughs> It's a freaking curse, man. You know? Like, my my lifestyle, um, I both don't, don't want to do it, but I have to do it because I've done it enough to learn that for me, for Brett, at this time, um, it really works for me, you know? I really enjoy doing it. Um, and that's a truth. Right, it's a fact. I really enjoy doing it, and the uh, downside is is that doing it is um, doing this thing that I know that I really really like to do and I really enjoy is both time consuming and expensive. Um, it doesn't have to be right. So there's ways ways to make it almost uh, no cost at all. Um, and. Uh, you know, you listen to Zentri, and I talk a lot about you know how to do that. So, um, so it's both like, yeah, I'm a triathlete. It's kind of like the beginning of the uh, training log, where hi, my name's Brett, I'm a triathlete. <laughs> it's like Alcoholics Anonymous, man. It's both good and bad. Endurance sports are. Um, they're addictive. They're good because they shape you and turn you into a, a, um, a better person. Because now you know who you really are by throwing yourself against the wall. But uh, throwing yourself against the wall to find out who you really are is throwing yourself a f- against a freaking wall, you know? So, yeah, you're, you're better for it, but you've been thrown against the wall freaking hard, man. It's really freaking hard. Um, there's a quote from uh, somebody famous that says, uh, Be careful. When you um, when you ask to be improved by uh, by whatever the gods or something like that, and uh, because they will put you against the anvil and beat you until they turn you into pure gold, and uh, it's the beating that freaking hurts, man. It hurts really bad. Um, but you know, do you want to get beat <laughs> into pure gold? And uh, at what point do you know you start thinking about being pure gold at what time you're an egomaniac, right? So you got to drop that shit. Oh, man. It's tough stuff. So, But it's no better or no worse than anything else, you know? 
It's just a thing. That's why, and, and uh, my buddy from military school, um, because we've known each other since we were kids, you know. We've known each other since we were kids. Um, it's unconditional love, you know. Like I like him uh, as my bro, you know. Um, no matter what he does, I don't really care. Um, he can he can do any kind of job, make any kind of amount amount of money or whatever. He's like a brother, so I, you know, I don't care what he does, you know. Um, so I don't care if he becomes a triathlete or not. That's what I was. My whole point. I guess, is when he was like, oh, maybe I could do that kind of stuff. And he kind of wavered a little bit, and I didn't try to push him over one way or the other. I was like, yeah, you know, right? It's just a path. It's not the path. It's just a path, you know. Um, and I want him to be happy. So if he's happier doing uh, not working out, not training, yeah, that's cool, man, you know. I'm, I'm be happiest if... Uh, if uh, he is happy with himself, you know. So anyway, think about all that. All right, that's it for this episode. <laughs> and uh, we'll pick up next one. I hope that uh, gave everybody something to chew on there with their little brains. Okay, this is Brett, your host, I'm signing out. Everybody stay safe out there. Work the uphills, cruise the downhills. Keep the rubber side down. Out.